Welcome to the Girl, Get Your Voice Back podcast, a podcast all about helping women to overcome condemnation and silence shame by standing on the promises of God and coupling faith with action. Four times a month, I deliver the truth that many don't want to hear, but if you heed to what I'm saying, you're bound to be set free and walk boldly in your assignment. I'm your host, Ebony D. James, and I aim to amplify women's voices and help them to walk into their God-given mandate fearlessly and strategically. We were talking all about the um, standing on the promises of God. We were talking about the process in particular of um, standing on the promise and what does that look like, right? And so, of course, when we're talking about promises, I always like to give you all anchor scriptures. And if you listen to the podcast that I have called Girl Get Your Voice Back Podcast, um, you will hear me always start the podcast with an anchor scripture. It's like that scripture that you can hold on to, the scripture that you can stand on, and it, they're usually a promise for what I'm about to talk about. And so today, I have today I have three. I have three anchor scriptures, um, and I'm gonna give you all of them. They may be in different versions, but I'm just gonna go right on in. So let's get started. So the first anchor scripture is coming from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. And I like the Passion Translation for this particular scripture. And it says, everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. As a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price. So that through the power, let me go back, it says, so that he has given you magnificent promises so that because of, for this reason, right? So that through the power of these tremendous promises, we can experience partnership. We can experience intimacy. We can experience a unity, a relationship, a bond with the divine nature. And we know, if we know anything about the Trinity, the Godhead, the divine nature is usually God. Jesus is usually man, human form, and then we have the Holy Spirit, which is spirit. And so we can experience partnership or relationship with God, right? Through the power of these promises by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world. And so I love that scripture because it gives you a different perspective on what the promise is actually for. A lot of times we're believing God for promises, but we're expecting something for our own gain, right? Like, oh man, God promised me this. And it's like, oh, he promised me riches and he promised me wealth and he promised me prosperity and he promised me a house and he promised me this and that and whatever that promise is for you, this scripture is telling us this promise is so that you can partner with him, so that you can actually get into a relationship with him. It's all unto him. And so I love this scripture because it literally changes your perspective and it gives us something to, you know, think about and to be repentant about like Lord forgive me where I thought the promises were all about what I could do or what I could get 
right? And not about drawing me closer to you, you know? And so I just love this scripture. And this was actually like my first time even like getting this scripture. Like I'm pretty sure I probably heard it or read it even before, but it hit different when I was studying for this life group session. So that's anchor scripture one. The second one is a famous scripture. It was the second scripture I actually memorized in life. And we all know it, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. And it says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. What's the promise? The promise is sometimes the expected end, right? It says, then shall you ye call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall, ye shall seek me, and find me when you shall seek me with all of your heart. And so if you're thinking of the promise as the expected end, right, that end goal, I mean, God promised the children of Israel the promised land. That That's where they're, like, that was the end goal, the expected end. Not of life, but like for that particular promise, right? The, the end was, we'll know we receive the promise if we get into the promised land, right? And so that was the expected end. He said, if I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end, to give you the promise that you've been seeking, to give you the promise that you've been waiting for, right? But it says, then, once you get to that expected end, then shall ye call upon me. A lot of times we talk about verse 11, but we skip over 12 and 13. But in verse 12, it says, Then shall ye call upon me, and then you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Right? So once you get the promise, like, no, then come back to me. Come back to me. And you shall seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Right? Not just a part of it, wholeheartedly. Right? And so that's anchor scripture 2 and anchor scripture 3 is 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 and it says for all the promises of God are yea and amen unto the glory of God by us for all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen unto the glory of God by us right and so I really want you all to meditate and really reflect and think about these three scriptures um, as we talk about this lesson, as we go into like this lesson and um, I give you like the discussion topics or whatever or reflection questions to talk about. But also in your personal time, like really think like what does this scripture mean for me? What does it tell us about God? What does it tell us about promises? Right. And so Second Peter chapter one, verse three through four, I did the passion translation. And then Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 13. I read the King James Version. You can do the New King James Version if you like. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. I also read King James Version, but you can do the New King James Version if you like. Okay, so those are our three anchor scriptures. And so let's get into promise, right? Promise defined. So there's so many scriptures um, or so many definitions for promise. One is the noun version, and it's a declaration, a decree, or an assurance that one will do a particular thing or that a particular thing will happen. And then you have two verb versions or definitions, and it's to assure someone that one will definitely do, 
give or arrange something or undertake or declare that something will happen. And then the other one is to give good grounds for expecting a particular occurrence or situation. And so these words keep popping up. A promise is a declaration. It's a decree. It's something that was spoken over your life. It's something that was spoken into your life. It's an assurance that something is going to happen. It will happen. And so because a promise is an assurance that something is going to happen or something will happen, we have to figure out like, okay, I know God promised me this, but I don't see it happening or manifesting in my life. So what is keeping the promise? And usually the reason is there's two types of promises, right? There's a conditional promise and then there's an unconditional promise. And what that means is a conditional promise requires you to perform some type of action or a behavior before the promise can be fulfilled. And then an unconditional promise is where the promise is just going to be given freely to you because in this instance, because of how good he is, because of who God is, because of his goodness, his mercy, his faithfulness, because he's a man of his word, he's going to fulfill the promise just because of who he is. And it has nothing to do with what you can do, what you can say, what you can give. He just gives it freely, right? And so those are the two types of promise. A conditional, it requires you to perform or be or act or do some kind of behavior before you can get it. And then the other one is you're going to get it either way because of who God is. And so as I was doing research on promises, it has been said or scholars have been said, um, known to say that there are over 7,000, some say over 8,000 promises in the word of God. And these promises specifically are from God to man, to mankind, to humanity. Um, and so that alone tells us that God has a plan for our life, right? Even in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the plans that I think towards you, said the Lord, you know, plans to bring you to an expected end. Some version says um, plans to give you a hope and a future, right? And so he has a plan for each and every one of our lives. It says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Right? I already had a plan for you. I had already um, predestined you, right? When you were in your mother's womb. Before you were in your, before I formed you, you already had a destiny. And so, even in his word, he has placed all of these promises throughout for us to stand on, for us to look for us to have an expectancy, right? The third definition for a promise was to give good grounds for expecting, for expecting. And so these promises are in his word for us to be expecting. Like we should be expecting the promises of God, right? We shouldn't just be going around like, oh, you know, if he do it, he'll do it. I literally have to change my prayers. One of the things I used to always say, Lord, you know, if it be your will, but when we know the word of God, we don't have to say if it be his will because we know what his will says because it's in the word of God, right? And so that was one of the things I had to stop saying. Like, that would literally be my prayer. Like, Lord, let your will be done. If, if it be your will. I'm, I'm saying this because sometimes when we say if it be your will, it kind of shows a lack of faith. 
it shows a, a little bit of doubt that we're kind of wrestling with, right? And I'm, a, I'm just talking about myself, you know. So maybe you can relate to that or maybe I'm just all far left. Either way, um, that's my belief or my opinion. And so, yes, so 2 Peter 1, verse 3 through 4 tells us that these promises are invaluable. Like you cannot buy or put any kind of amount of money to, um, it's just worth much more money. It's worth much more than money. These promises are invaluable. And they are for us to experience partnership and intimacy with the, the, with the divine nature of God. And so the promises we stand on or these anchor scriptures that we hold fast to should ultimately bring us closer to God. And so I want to read through a promise I wrote in a devotional with over 130 women from around the world. And so... Me and one of my good sisters, we actually was a part of this community and um, we wrote devotionals inside of this book. It's called Promise God's Assurance on the Cross for Your Crown. It's a very big book. Like I said, it was over 130 plus women from all over the world. And so I talked about the forgotten promise. And a lot of times I'm like, wait, what? Stick with me. And so basically, opportunity to share my testimony in devotional form so of course it's going to be very concise um very straightforward to the point no chaser no sugar coating i give you i give you the tea immediately right and so i'm going to read through that and so for my the forgotten promise that i wrote about in this book it was based off of the anchor scripture or the promise in Psalm chapter 103, verses 10 through 12. And I'm going to give it to you in the New Living Translation. And it says, he does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. And so in there, you see these conditional and unconditional promises. The conditional promise can be found in verse 11 where it says, For his unfailing love toward those who fear him. So what, what do you have to do in order to receive, like, you have to fear the Lord, right? And it says, for his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. And so, I, I just love this scripture. Like, when I think about my life in this particular testimony, it's like, this was the anchor scripture. This was the promised scripture. Like, when I was battling with forgiveness, when I was battling with condemnation and guilt and shame, like, this was that scripture for me, okay? And so, here's the promise for me. Here's the devotional that I wrote. And like I said, it's really uh, my, my particular testimony about overcoming and healing and restoration from condemnation and shame in like a paragraph okay so i'm going to read it to you and we're going to keep it moving and so several years ago i was a college student on the dean's list a cheerleader 
actively involved in community service and a great daughter and friend. Little did I know that I would graduate with blood on my hands. Everything was perfect, but I had a weakness that I could not fully control. I was a slave to sexual desires and my bondage to this sin led me to have an abortion. After the abortion, I fought a massive battle with shame and condemnation. I struggled the most with actually believing that God would truly forgive me for my sin. Is abortion forgivable? Was a question that I pondered often. I believe that my sin was unforgivable, which caused me to feel unworthy of God's love and unworthy of God using me for his glory. It took me years to learn that I didn't have to live in condemnation. I was reminded of Psalm 103, verses 10 through 12 one day. It reminded me of God's mercy and how he has removed our transgressions as far as the east is from the west. This led me to repentance and eventually to confession. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Confessing my sin and its effect on me led me to walk in so much freedom, y'all. It gave me permission to walk into my God-given destiny. Like me, you can overcome and receive healing. Shame and condemnation are not our portion. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, saving us from the burden, burden of living in bondage. Give yourself permission to receive freedom by rejecting the spirit by rejecting the spirit of condemnation. No matter what you've done, because maybe the abortion wasn't your story. Maybe it's something different. No matter what it was for you, healing is available. All you have to do is pray to God and repent, receive his forgiveness, forgive yourself, and confess your sin to a trusted accountability partner according to 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. And so this was my devotional that I wrote in this book. And um, I basically shared my story, but then also let women know, like, listen, if you have been believing God for healing, whether it's physical healing, emotional healing in this case, mental healing, if you have been believing God for healing, it's available to you. If you find yourself battling with guilt, whether it's mom's guilt, whether it's guilt in relationships, whether it's guilt in your marriage, whether it's guilt about your business, your ministry, whatever it is, whatever that is for you. If you've been battling with guilt, shame, or condemnation, whether it's something you did or something someone did to you, right? Molestation, infertility, whatever that case may be, um, divorce, you know, adultery, it doesn't matter what it is. If you have been battling with those things, there's freedom available. There's healing available. And Psalm 103 is a promise that you can stand on. It says, He does not punish us for all our sins or deal harshly with us as we deserve. Right? For His unfailing love toward those who fear Him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. And so, I just want to encourage you all, but I want to also walk through the process of this promise. 
the process is basically how do you really stand on the promise of God? Especially when you're in this waiting, this waiting um, season of like, Lord, what's next? When is the promise going to come? And so this is how you go through the process. First thing, you need to be saved, right? You need to be saved and you need to be a believer of Jesus. You need to believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior. What we know about the promises of God is that they, in many cases when you read the Bible, a lot of the times these promises were specific to people of God, for those who believe, right? The second thing you must do is you must not let your heart be hardened in the valley season, in the waiting season, right? In the wilderness when we're going through those lowest of the low moments when we're like, Lord, you promised me that you'll, you'll supply every need, but I'm looking at my bank account and I'm in a negative, I'm in a red, my children need to eat, I need to do all of these things, but Lord, you promised me this in those seasons it is do not let your heart be hardened, right? And if you feel like that's what you have allowed your heart to be, then, you know, we need to repent for those things because what it shows is like we have lost our trust in the Lord. We have lost our faith. Like these, we have been looking to what our circumstances look like, right? Versus putting our faith in him. And so we got to shift our focus and our perspective and make sure that we're focusing on him and his word and um, relationship with God versus what, what our situation looks like, right? And I know that's a very difficult thing to do, but, but remember the children of Israel, they, they had the promised land. Like, it was, it was a promise. Like, you're going to get to the promised land. But what did they do? They allowed their hearts to be hardened. And as a result of a hardened heart, they became rebellious, right? And because of that, they were not able to see the promised land. And so just think of that. Like a lot of times we often act like the children of Israel. Like when we read the Bible, we're like, dang. Like God just, y'all about to get the promised land. What's, what are y'all doing, right? And we think it's just that simple, but a lot of times, in real life, don't we act like the children of Israel? Like, we have a promise right in front of us, but we allow our hearts to be harder in the wilderness, in the valley season, and then we make bad decisions. We become rebellious, and then God is like, well, you, you can't even receive this promise. This is going to have to skip over you. Maybe your, your, your child or the generations after you will receive that promise. And then the third thing, do not come into agreement with unbelief and doubt, right? Ask God to forgive you for your unbelief, to forgive you for the doubt, and then practice increasing your faith. And you all can go and read Hebrews 11, um, verse 6 for that. And then combine the word of God with your faith, declaring, decree his word until what you're declaring and decreeing actually begins to align with your beliefs. Like your mind and your belief actually begin to agree with what you've been saying. So say it even when you don't believe it, but then keep saying it until your your actually your actual belief system changes. Okay? And then the fourth thing is be sure that the promises are applicable to you. 
right? We live in a day and age where people believe that we can just be out here manifesting the promises of God in every which way, and this is just not true, right? Some promises are applicable to a specific person or to a specific situation. Not all promises are for you. Just because it's a promise in the Bible doesn't mean that it's for you. As we know, like the, the promise that God gave to Abraham, he didn't tell everybody that. He only told Abraham that. And so if you're out here trying to manifest the promises of Abraham, and don't we do that when we start looking at what God is doing in every, or what we think God is doing in everyone else's life, we're like, Lord. So you start trying to manifest somebody else. What example? So Sierra's prayer for her husband. Everybody and their mama out here in these internet streets are now out here trying to manifest a husband by reading Sierra's prayer. Be sure that these promises are applicable to you. Okay? And then also understand what the conditions are. If it is a conditional promise, ask yourself, okay, Lord, what, what must I do? What action must happen? What behavior must occur in order for me to receive this promise? Go to the word and see, right? If, if this, then this, right? So an example of a conditional promise is 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And it says, if my people are called by my name, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And so I know I was in what AP Cal or pre-capitalist, I think it was. We started talking about if then and condition conditional statements and things like that in math. I'm like, what? So like these if then statements, they're applicable, right? In the Bible, for a promise, these conditional promises, it says, if my people, right, who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, you got four things you must do. It says, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and heal their land. That's a conditional promise. And then we have unconditional promises like in Deuteronomy 31, chapter 8, where it says, the Lord himself goes before you and, be, and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. All right? And then also ask yourself, who's going to get the glory once this promise is fulfilled? Again, in um, 2 Peter, right? That's our anchor scripture. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 4, it tells us these promises should draw us closer to God and bring him glory. And so ask yourself, once I get this thing that I've been waiting on God for, is it going to draw me closer to him or bring me further away? Are we going to be the person who went back and say thank you? Or are we going to be the people who forgot to come back and say thank you? All right. Ask yourself, is this, a, is this a promise that is aligned with his will for your life? And one way to be sure about this is to make sure it's in his word. Right? Not just a promise.
someone spoke over you or prophesied over you, but can you find scripture backing this up? Like, can you see like, oh, this is in the will of God for my life? Has God confirmed it to you? And so the last one is have faith, even if you must wait. He promised us in John 14, 14, that if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. But in Psalm 27, 4, it reminds us to wait for the Lord. It says, be strong and let your heart take courage. Again, wait for the Lord. In your waiting praise, in your waiting worship, in your waiting abide, in your waiting trust, right? These are the things that we must do in our waiting. In your waiting, continue to believe, continue to ask, continue to seek, continue to knock, right? It says, ask and it will be given. Ask and you shall receive, right? It says, seek me and you're going to find me. Knock on that door and it's going to be open unto you. All right, so don't stop asking, don't stop seeking, don't stop knocking. Be persistent like the persistent widow. But then also begin to praise him in advance. Begin to thank him in advance because your belief already says like, no, Lord, I believe that what your word said is true. I believe that this promise is going to be fulfilled in my lifetime, right? I believe it. I stand on it. I thank you in advance because I'm going to receive this promise because I know you're a man of your word. I know that you're a God who fulfills his promises. I know that you're a covenant keeping God and you're not just going to be promising me things and they won't be fulfilled. So begin to thank him in advance. And so here are 10 general promises that um, we can kind of like look on, look at and stand on. Um, yeah, I think it's 10. And so God, it's a promise to forgive you. It says, I promise to forgive you. 1 John 1, 9. I promise to love you. Romans 8, verses 38 through 39. I promise to never leave you nor forsake you. We said that one in Deuteronomy 31 and 8. And I promise to fight on your behalf. Exodus 14, 14. I promise to listen to your call. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13. I promise to be your refuge. Psalm 91. I promise to dwell with you for eternity. That's in John 14. I promise that my grace is sufficient. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. I promise that you will be healed and whole. Exodus 15, verse 26. I promise to supply all of your needs. All of your needs in Philippians 4, 19. And so these are just some promises that you can stand on. Of course, the forgotten promise that I was standing on is Psalm 103, verses 10 through 12. And so... And so many promises throughout the Bible, um, just go through the process, right? Go through the process, wait, have faith, do whatever it is you need to do. And so this is what I want you all to do um, in your spare time, in your next time of um, abiding, in your reflection time, in your next time with the Lord. Like if you're looking for something to do or like you don't know where to start, um, I want to challenge you all to think about one or two things that you have been believing God for. Think about one or two promises that you believe God has promised you. And then I want you to go through the process. Go through each of these steps that I've 
have um, read off to you all and then make necessary changes accordingly, right? And then ask yourself these questions. Find a scripture of the promise. Find yourself an anchor scripture. Write it on your wall. Write it on your mirror. Put it in your phone. Look at it every single day, right? Don't obsess over the promise, right? Get it, abide in him. But then also don't lose faith. Do not get discouraged in your waiting. Do not get discouraged in the wilderness. Do not get discouraged in the valley when things don't look like they're on the right path to the promise, right? Keep your eyes focused and stay on God. And so find the scripture of the promise, stand on it, believe it by faith, and then give, um, I want you to really like seek those scripture, like go into your Bible study time and really like dig deep through that scripture. Like what does this scripture mean to me? Like what is God saying about himself? What is God saying about us? Like if there's a conditional promise there, like what is the condition? Right? And then I want you to just pray over your promise. Right? Keep praying. Keep seeking. And do whatever you need to do to make sure that you're in right standing. That you are fulfilling the, the condition. Right? And so, yes, that's what I have for you all today for the Unveiling Women's Fort Life Group Session. And, um... Yes, I would love if you all will message me back. You can email me back. Um, you can DM me on Instagram. I'm at underscore Ebony D. James, underscore Ebony with a Y. And let me know if this resonated with you. Let me know if you have a promise. If you want to um, pray over your promises together, let me know. We're here for you with the Unveiling Women's Life Group. Hopefully, I can see you all on June 2nd live and in action we're going to be ready to go i'm excited for the word that god is going to release um for the fifth session and we know five is grace so we're going to be believing god for um an abundance of grace in this next session um for the unveiling woman life group again it's on june 2nd at 7 22 p.m eastern standard time um, if you're not registered or if you have a friend who needs to be in the building, make sure they go to www.ebonydjames.com slash lifegroup and register. Um, if you're on the email list, you're going to be receiving the emails to remind you of it. And we're going to um, start sending out some more um, goodies just to kind of supplement during the time that we're away. So again, God bless you ladies. Thank you all so much for coming. I'm gonna close out in prayer. So God, I just thank you Lord for every single lady who is a part of this life group. Oh God, I thank you Jesus for, for just sending us to connect and to, to really grow into intimacy with you Lord through this life group. God, I thank you Lord that you desire to heal us, that you desire to release freedom um, over us, oh God, you desire us to be women who are unveiled, who are unveiled before you, who are unveiled before people, that we are truly walking light, bringing you glory, God. I thank you, Lord, for every promise, God. I lift up every promise that your daughters have before you, God. I pray, Lord, that you will begin to... Um, that you will begin to deliver on your promises, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that they that their their faith 
will be increased as they believe and trust and wait for you to fulfill the promise, God. I pray, Lord, that according to your word in 2 Peter 1, verse 3 through 4, that they will not only believe for the promise of God, but they will understand and truly have a revelation that the promise is to bring them closer to you, to literally experience a partnership and a relationship and intimacy with you, oh God. And so, God, I pray, Lord, that even if they are doing this work of standing on the promise of going through the process of what that looks like, that they will ultimately be drawn closer to you. Lord, your word says in James 4 that um, as we draw near to you, that you will draw near to us. So God, I thank you, Lord, for the drawing. I thank you, Lord, that you are bringing us closer to you in a new way. Um, and God, I just pray, Lord, that you will just have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So ladies, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, make sure you message me if you have any questions or if you have any prayer requests. I look forward to seeing you on June 2nd. Bye. Thanks for joining me this week on the Girl, Get Your Voice Back podcast. If you're interested in learning more about overcoming condemnation and silent shame, be sure to check out my website at www.ebonydjames.com and purchase my book, Silent Shame, The Master's Keys to Overcoming Condemnation to Receiving Healing and Restoration. If you found value in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating. 